Welcome to Doctors at Work. This podcast is about medical careers. I'm Matt Daniel. I'm an ENT consultant. And in this podcast, I'm interviewing a range of people from different specialties, different areas and different generations. I'm trying to find out about different people's careers, how they make decisions, what they enjoy and what leads to a meaningful career. Today, I'm interviewing Jayesh Bhatt. Jayesh is a consultant respiratory pediatrician. He's been a doctor for decades, so he has a lot of experience to share. And in this podcast, he tells us about what it takes to succeed. In particular, Jayesh has done a lot of work around medical education um, as an allied area of his medical career. And I'm particularly interested in about what it takes to get into some of those allied roles um, and what one needs to succeed in those roles. Enjoy. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Thanks, Matt. Um, as you introduced uh, me very kindly, I'm a consultant respiratory pediatrician. Uh, I, I joined medicine um, in 1981, so I've been at this for a long, long time. I, I graduated in India and, and did my post-graduation in pediatrics. Um, uh, for about three years, I, I did do some uh, medical clinical outpatient practice. Uh, but then I um, came to the UK to to broaden my um, knowledge and experience in, in pediatrics. Um, and um, I completed my training and I've been a consultant in Nottingham in pediatric respiratory medicine for 19 years. And so I'm towards the, the home stretch of my career, a very fulfilling one, I must say. <laughs> um, you, you must have seen some major changes in how we work. Um, uh, yes, I think obviously the, the multiple reorganizations, uh, but, but uh, one of the biggest change or a couple of changes. One is obviously the, uh, the the pattern of working and the hours of working, which which certainly is is so much better now as opposed to you know those uh, very prolonged hours when we would be very tired. So I think that certainly is very very different. Uh, but at an interpersonal level, I think. Um, the expectations are different, um, um, and, and clearly medicine is an advancing science, uh, and then also uh, the, the access that um, people who, who, who come for healthcare have to different information sources, that is so different now. So I think the expectations, um, both from the people who seek healthcare and the people who provide healthcare, are, are vastly different out of recognition to what it was when I initially started. Yeah, I can see that. Um, what do you think we as a profession can do um, to, to, to create conditions where people enjoy work more and when people thrive and succeed more? I certainly have had excellent role models, and 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 so as as you know, people in in senior positions, uh, uh, they they need to um, carry on maintaining the enthusiasm, and and it, it can be difficult, and and you know nothing in life is perfect, and out of the you know two hundred and forty odd working days, uh, you know there will be some days which you think what is this, but I think the vast majority uh, are very fulfilling, and and we should then you know maintain that enthusiasm so that gets sort of you know transmitted in, in a natural way you know people just look at you and they must be able to think well I, I I should be like to be in this position so I think if, if because that's what I have that's what's inspired me in, in seeing people you know who are uh, at, at a very senior position but are so enthusiastic and, and, uh, and passionate 
and so good at what they do as well. So I, I think uh, I feel that is really important to being good role models. Yeah, I, I think that that sounds I quite agree with that. Really important, and it means that those of us that are in relatively senior role, we need to remember all the time that there are doctors that are at the early stages of their career. They'll be looking up towards us. Um, and they'll be looking to see how we behave and how we interact. And if we want other people to succeed and thrive, then then we need to role model some of that ourselves, don't we? Absolutely. If you think of somebody who's at the early stages of their career, um, how, how do they find those appropriate role models? Um, I think one of the things I, I tell a lot of my junior colleagues is that, you know, often the advice you get given is, you know, um, learn to say no. And I, I'm actually very much against that. Uh, yes, you have to be selective in, in what you take on. But when you are in your career early on, uh, I think you need to be mindful that there might be opportunities that uh, could um, go past you and, the, in, and the, the rewards of that might be a few years down in the future. So uh, I, I think um, Main, on part of the senior doctor, maintaining that enthusiasm so that the junior, when they see them and positively they get given those opportunities and, and encouraging to say, look here, before you say, you know, look at this, think it through. And there might be something that in five years time, this might turn out to be a very good opportunity and a very good uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a position for you to be in. So um, offering those opportunities with enthusiasm to the junior colleagues and junior colleagues n- not being in the mind frame to say, actually, I'm starting as a consultant um, and I'll, uh, there will be so many stresses, there'll be so many things to do. I need to be careful about what I say um, yes to. Well, I actually would tell them, be careful about what you say no to. In fact, I think there was a film about that, wasn't there? Sort of when somebody came around and says yes to everything and it, and it, and it opened a wide range of different doors. So, so I, I can see how early career doctors really benefit from positive role models. Um, what, what do senior doctors get from encouraging and growing early career doctors? Um, so, in, in, in I've been at this for such a long time and I've, I've had various different roles, including a, a clinical manager, uh, including um, a, a very high level uh, national and Euro- European uh, training and development roles, uh, and also being president of my society, where you know, actually the, the main purpose is supporting and then growing the members. Uh, and, and um, you know, clearly I don't have skills at everything and, and you know, I, I, I don't think I did well as a clinical manager and, and you know, um, I was happy to to relinquish that role, but the most fulfilling role that I found is sort of the, the training and the development. So I think um, it is actually mutually fulfilling and beneficial. Uh, I learn the most by teaching. So uh, I think when I'm teaching, um, because I'm learning as well, uh, I think my enthusiasm trickles through. Uh, and um, uh, the, the junior doctors, the junior colleagues do find that uh, both um, uh, the, the, the content, but, but also my enthusiasm, passion for it, uh, um, quite uh, rewarding. And then hopefully that then spurs them on. I have to say, it sounds like you must be the world's most humblest person to, to admit that you weren't very good as a manager. <laughs> well, no, I think I, 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 I suppose... Uh, I am uh, by nature not confrontational, and and you know, I I think I would like to believe that you know there is um, uh, you know good in most people most of the time, uh, and 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 I think uh, 
a manager's role is such that you know you, you have to at times be uh, um, you know maybe confrontational is not the right term but you know you will not please um, a lot of people a lot of the time and actually most people all the time so it's a thankless job and i think that that's what didn't um, gel with me how did you identify what you are good at I think I, I, I um, subscribe to Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book, Outliers. So first of all, you know, being lucky, I think being in the right place at the right time and then having being surrounded by um, so many good friends and, and family. My, my, my wife, uh, uh, my family has been so very supportive of me. So I think I've been lucky to be in the right place at the right time to get the right opportunities. And then I work hard on it. And, and, and it has worked out. So I think luck plays a big role. No doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit more about your training and education roles. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think it, it started off, um, that was, I think, 2008. In parallel, there were two or three things happening. Uh, uh, you know, the British Pediatric Respiratory Society used to uh, run a summer meeting, which was uh, sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. Uh, but then uh, the pharmaceutical companies backed off. Uh, and, and then, um, you know, the, the meeting needed to go on. Uh, it needed a lot of work and organization. And, and I put my hand up and say, and as a member of the VPRI Society, I will do it. And, and I ran that meeting for, for 10 consecutive years, a very, very successful meeting. And that sort of, um, you know, helped me showcase uh, my enthusiasm for, for training and development. Um, and then simultaneously, at about the same time, you know, um, the college was advertising um, roles as a training advisor on, on the respiratory CSAC. Uh, and and uh, because uh, I had um, uh, interest in training, um, I, I applied for that and I was successful and I enjoyed that role. That then um, developed into me becoming the chair of the College Specialist Advisory Committee. Uh, and, and and I thoroughly enjoyed those roles. So once I finished my term and when I was the BPRS president, you know, uh, you, you can remain a co-opted member. And um, I opted to do that. And, and so I, I carried on. So for about 10 years, uh, I've had a very active role nationally. And then as part of those meetings I was running, you know, there was a series of um, um, review articles that I, I started commissioning for the um, the European Respiratory Society Education and Practice Journal. Uh, it's called Breathe, and it is very, very widely accessed because it's free. Everybody can access it, and um, and I think that came about when when you know at one of the the European Respiratory Society meetings, as we BPRS members and others members were getting together, one of the um, ERS um, committee members came to me and said, "Look, I think we have got." Um, not very good pediatric representation in the breed journal. Can I ask you to start increasing the content? So I then said, fine, I started commissioning those papers. And that has been so successful that um, when the, the role editor of the breed journal was advertised, I was encouraged by the ERS Publications Committee chair to apply for it. And, and I said, look, I, I refused point blank to say, look, I'm, I'm a pediatrician. And there's only about 15% pediatric content, rest is all adult. And I wouldn't know where to start in that. But they still sort of say, no, no, apply and then go for the interview. So I did do that. And apparently I interviewed very well. So then they said, we don't want to let you go. And they created a post, deputy editor-in-chief, which didn't previously exist. 
So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So I think one thing led to another, but mainly from my um, enthusiasm to teach because I learn best in teaching. Mm. So, so what I'm hearing is that, that there's opportunities that come up and, you know, and you put your hand up and you say yes. And the more that you put your hand up and the more that you say yes, the more opportunities develop. Absolutely. I mean, I think I don't understand finance very much, but one concept I do understand is compound interest. And, and I think it's a bit like that, you know, it, it, it all, you know, the, the opportunities then multiply in a compounding way um, over time. Because I'm thinking for maybe some of the early career doctors, because um, they might be thinking and asking, how, how do I get into those roles? How, how do I do stuff other um, than clinical work? So what, what tip might you have? Let's say, you know, for a foundation doctor or for a registrar, what, what advice would you have for them if they're looking to do stuff in addition to the clinical work? So I think I suppose, you know, one of the good things for the, the colleagues who are in early in the career is maybe getting on the publication ladder. And, and I think doing high quality randomized control trials is not going to be possible for, for a clinical doctor. I mean, I think you need to be in full time research. Uh, so the getting in the publication ladder, it maybe starts off by doing some review articles. So I think I would encourage them to say, well, look up what are the current hot topics, do a search of what's going on, and then maybe, uh, you know, start writing it. And I'm, I'm happy to, to be on it with you. If they write, say, for example, on, on a topic, um, uh, let's say, controversies in vaping, then I think what happen that happens after that is that once that paper gets accepted after some hard work, then you will start getting opportunities to do peer reviews on other people who are writing. So that way, then your name starts getting around the circles to say, well, actually, this person got an interest in vaping. He's got some expertise. Um, uh, so that's how you then start. So if then in future there was, you know, if the ERS, for example, was looking at uh, an early career member to represent on a um, anti-tobacco committee, there are such committees, then, you know, this person can say, well, actually, yeah, this might be the right role for me. Okay, so again, taking opportunities and then developing yourself as, as an expert in a particular field um, on a particular topic. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if people, maybe some people might not be sure what they're interested in. So if there's a foundation doctor and they think, well, I don't know what I'm interested in, how, what advice would you give them? So I think coming back to the role I, I talked about in, when I said I was a clinical manager, I, I suppose uh, part of taking that on was that, and I wasn't sure whether I have the skills and the aptitude or not, but there were colleagues, you know, my clinical director at the time told me that, and actually you would be very well suited. So yes, I was encouraged, but I didn't know whether I would be able to do that role or not. And I tried and, and I, I didn't like it. So I think similarly in terms of the opportunities, so uh, if, you know, if if they're not sure what they're good at, then you know, look at the main things are obviously education, research, uh, and, and then you know the, the management in, in, under three broad headings. Apart from your clinical work, uh, so opportunities, you know, like they, they could be on, you know, if education interested in education, then say find out if there is a training and education committee for junior doctors in your uh, in your place you work, and then get to try and be on that committee. People will be. You know, the work needs to be done. So somebody has to be there to be doing the work. So if they find out there's such a committee, they can say, well, actually, I'm interested. Can I come and join? So then they'll get some management and training experience, teaching experience on that. And they can sample those two and say, actually, training is not for me. Management is good. I like it. Go and explore other opportunities. Okay. Um, if you think with, with your, um, your roles in training and education, what, what are some of the qualities 
that are needed in a person that sits on the kind of committees that you sit on? I suppose it, it sounds a bit cliche to, to say you need to like what you're doing, but I think that that is the, the bottom line. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't mention one other education role I'm doing. I'm the uh, chair elect of the, the pediatric, uh, European pediatric respiratory examination. So I think that involves sort of, um, uh, you know, quality assuring that the written exam, which is now international, taken across various different countries. And so how did I get onto that again? So, I, I, you know, because I like, you know, the questions. I mean, I, and if I sit down to write a question, I'll, I'll go really into knowing a lot about that. I like doing that. I do it. It then sort of uh, snowballs into a positive thing. And so, yeah, I think uh, you've you got to like what you do. And, and there is nothing in life that you will like every single moment of the day, every single day in your life. There'll be times when you think, you know, well, yeah, okay, take a little break, come back to it, be persistent, okay, before you dismiss it. How do you find time to do all of this? I don't know. I think you must, uh, you need to ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I'm very time efficient. That, that is one thing I will say about me that, uh, you know, I, I try and, you know, so that's how I can fit in a, a lot of things. Uh, but, but it's just that it's... Uh, you know, I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's why I find the time to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's interesting because if, if I think for myself with the things that I do, the, the top tip that I always say to people would be that, that, you know, just sit down and just do it and people procrastinate and think and, you know, that's what takes the time. If you sit down, you know, bang, you do it, then, then the stuff's done, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's been fascinating to hear about your experiences. Maybe before we finish, what, what top tips would you have to doctors younger than yourself um, as they're going through their careers? Um, yes, pace yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's a long career ahead. Uh, be alert to opportunities. Think very hard before you say no to an opportunity that presents yourself. Uh, and, and, you know, it's all about interdependence, you know, um, be nice to your colleagues, your colleagues will be nice to you. We, we cannot, we can't work in silos, we can't work in isolation. And it, it's, it's symbiosis, it's mutually beneficial. Uh, and, and, and I think you, you will not go wrong. <laughs>